When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's going on, Wrestling Inc. podcast fans? This is the Blueprint Matt Morgan, and I'm here with the one, the only, owner and proprietor, as it were, shout out to you, Glenn, Mr. Raj Geary. What's going on, Raj? I'm <laughs> doing good. This is the first time we have ever done uh, you doing the uh, you doing the the play by play, as it were. Yes, yes. We're gonna give it a go here. Hope for the best here, folks. Why I make why I make Glenn's work look easy. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> all right. So listen, um, tonight was a good show uh, overall. It was an interesting show. Definitely a show you you, you want to go back and watch if you did miss this one. Just because a lot of a lot of moving parts to it, um, and we'll get into it right away. Um, feel free to follow along as well uh, on our on the WrestlingInc.com's coverage of it. But I want to give a shout out to Mr. Mark Middleton for always covering this for us and for you fans as well. Good job, Mr. Middleton. And it is with that that tonight uh, we joined the 2020 WWE Draft edition of SmackDown on Fox, opening live right here in Central Florida at uh, WWE's new Thunderdome at the Amway Center. Um, as dorky as hell, Michael Cole welcomes us. He's joined the ringside here by Corey Graves as fans cheer them on. All right, so listen, the, the big part and the takeaway from the beginning of the opening, um, obviously, is that they list the, 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 a list of specific superstars that are in the pool for tonight and that are eligible, all right? Um, so we go right to the ring. Uh, Greg Hamilton introduces WWE C, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon, who's going to be presiding over the draft this year. Stephanie comes out to a blue and red podium on the stage, welcome, welcomes us to the 2020 draft. All right. Uh, she goes right into the first pick immediately, and Raw selects WWE Champion Drew McIntyre to stay on that brand. SmackDown then selects WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns to stay on that brand as well. Raw is the next selection, and they pick up uh, to stay on the show the women's champion, Asuka. So Asuka will be staying on Raw. SmackDown, now this one was interesting. SmackDown then selects Seth Rollins, who's coming over from Raw. I think that will help him, by the way. So they selected Seth Rollins over Bailey. So Raw picks their women's uh, champion. Yes. 
that's a good point. But I, I honestly, what I we know how they they envision Seth. He's their he's not Roman, but he's right behind him. I would argue on their list of important, the most important talents to their show. And I don't think he should have been picked in front of her, but I am happy he, in general, is going to a different show because he needs to drop this oh, crap. For sure. I mean, they, they've been doing Rollins and company versus Mysterio and company for 30 weeks or whatever. I do think they should just say, if you're a champion on a brand, you stay, you're not a part of the draft. And it wasn't exciting. By, by, by no offense to them, to these talents, but like having Drew stay on Raw... Roman stay on SmackDown. It's like, that's a waste of a pick. I don't care. Yeah, just tell us. It. Yeah. Yeah, they're not allowed. Yeah, yeah. Just that, that they have to stay on the brand. And it would make total sense, too, just to say that. Um, listen, guys, the last pick of the first round ended up being the Hurt Business, staying on Raw. That's what I'm saying. It's not exciting. MVP, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, and United States champion Bobby Lashley, okay? Um we go to backstage with Seth Rollins, who's joined by uh, Kayla Braxton. Um, basically cuts a very yeah, promo about being thrilled going somewhere new, and it's exciting. He's a little bit heartbroken and upset he won't be able to be on Raw to see the Mysterio family implode. But lucky for him, we won't have to see the, he won't have to see their disgusting faces anymore. Uh, Rollins did say, though, the greater good is moving to Friday nights. I am hoping that is not... A tip of the cap that he's going to continue this crap. I'm hoping the move to Raw, he drops this stupid gimmick. I mean, he is, it, the Monday Night Messiah no longer makes sense if he's not on Monday night. Ooh. So hopefully they just drop it all together. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Good call. Good call. And and I, I got to say, I mean, uh, yeah. it, this is one of those cases where the babyface has never got any kind of retribution against Rollins. He took out uh, Mysterio's eye. He beat the crap out of his son. <laughs> And he, he never made, got beat. Murphy did. He took his eyeball out of out, sockets uh, yeah. in front of his family. Yeah. And then in, the family got more involved, and he kept big dog in them. They never got retribution. It were, it were I'll argue worse. Uh, poor Rey Mysterio uh, had to watch his daughter fall in love with another wrestler on top yeah, of it. They've turned his daughter. <laughs> I mean, it like, was like every possible thing that could go. They beat the <laughs> shit out of Dominic with the kendo stick. The daughter now oh, has yeah. a crush on the disciple. I mean, good Dude, God. Not uh, good. Justin Lopez with the 499 Super Chat saying, Drew McIntyre has been drafted to Raw. He's already there. Takes the excitement out of it. This is why it I does. stayed watching the Yankees tonight. Okay. This is one of those things. Remember the draft shows back when they had like Paul Heyman and, and Eric Bischoff? Bischoff and yeah. it, it meant something. You just felt like they're yeah. really trying to one-up each other. And now just Stephanie McMahon reading off these names. Yeah. It, it, the drama is just gone. It is. And, and I, I, I'll tell you guys a quick story. Um, it, it, I remember one year. Is is we're uh, uh, um, coming up close to WrestleMania 20 at the time at MSG, and on the day at WrestleMania, I remember sitting next to Jim Ross and catering and watching him make a list of heels and baby faces with a line down the middle, and trying to even out the rosters. Like if you if he put a heel on this show, he had to put a heel on the other one, and so on and so forth. And they're very like good about that, but like I don't get why waste the picks on people that are staying on the show. That's not exciting. You want the draft to be pick. exciting. Right. It, nor is it a pick. Yeah, they're already there. Right. Raw didn't get anything. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, and if you can pick, the first person that Raw is going to pick is Roman. <clears throat> the first person that is going to pick is Drew. So Dude. just keep the champions out of it. 
you know, I, I know the heel GMs got old quick, but it if you could do it where you did have people in charge of the show, at least that's a an in you know built in storyline with trying to get talent from the other show and and, and, and just, also matchmaking purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, real quick, do I have any other super chats before I move on? Uh. That was that was the only one so far. So. Okay. So try to keep up, folks, when you do Super Chats, if you can, with the matches. I know it's impossible sometimes, but try, if you could, uh, as we move along here on the show. So next up, we start, uh, the first match, I should say, is Falls Count Anywhere match between Biggie versus Sheamus. Um, so here we go. The bell rings, and they basically go after it. Sheamus levels Biggie with a shoulder for a two-count Sheamus. With a rolling senton for another pin attempt. Sheamus charges, but Biggie nails a Yaranagi out of the corner. Biggie then hits a big spear to knock Sheamus from the apron to the floor. This is super physical, this match. There's a lot of back and forth. Um, but uh, uh, Biggie pulls out a kendo stick from under the ring and and just but Sheamus was able to nail him with the big uh, uh bice, uh the big kick for a two count on the floor. They continue brawling. Like I said, they were laying serious lumber into one another. I could tell these guys talked before the match and saying we've got to be stiff with one another. And when you do that, it, it makes a hard hit match like this was even cooler. Um, Sheamus grabbed a kendo stick, a kendo stick and unloads on Big E while Big E was trapped in the ropes. The faux fans noise were booing. <laughs> Sheamus with more kendo stick shots. All right. So Big E eventually gets it back, unloads kendo stick shots now on Sheamus. He hobbles them. Biggie sends Sheamus over the barrier with a kendo stick shot as we go to commercial. Back from uh, commercial break, Biggie is beating Sheamus with a kendo stick once again and into the backstage area. Sheamus is, his body is so, uh, what's the word? Is it translucent? What, what, what would you call his, his paleness? Um, he's so damn white oh, that, wish. I don't know. Yeah, that, that when he gets hit or even chopped, it shows up and it looks yeah. awesome for his opponent. It makes his opponent's stuff look way better. Because you can see all the handprints or the Marsh McKendo stick. Anyways, Sheamus uh, goes to swing a monitor at Big E um, and beats him down with a broomstick. Big E grabs the trash can and, and hits uh, Sheamus with it several times while he's down. Again, these two just continue to lay into each other uh, until uh, um, B, uh, uh, he puts Big E into the windshield, completely shattering the car's windshield. Uh, again, these two are just destroying each other. This is really, really good match for Big E, in my opinion. Um, anyways, long story short, uh, Big E climbs on top of the hood with Sheamus. Now, Big E delivers the big ending from the hood of a car of the car through a table landing on the concrete. He covers uh, Sheamus for the win. I thought this was a big win for Big E. Uh, what'd you think of the match? I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's it, it was the right ending. I think Biggie. I, I would have liked to seen this on a pay per view. It just always feels bigger mm-hmm. doing a match on a pay per view, even though more people see it on TV. People remember a match at a WrestleMania, not a, on Raw the next night. Um, but still, you know, I, I think Biggie. Uh, I, I I don't like that the New Day are staying together, right? Unless I missed something. No, um, they got drafted together. Xavier Woods and uh, what's his name. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, Big E, but Big E as well. Same right. thing. He got drafted to SmackDown as well as an individual talent too. Now I'm forgetting. Or was it because they they divided up the names that that could be drafted tonight and Monday? So I can't remember if Kofi is one of the names. That Kofi can... definitely. It was Kofi and Xavier Woods were a team when they got drafted tonight. Okay, so maybe Big E uh, 
can be drafted on Monday. I'll, I'll, I'll he no, he, he he was already drafted too. He can was the be next, drafted back. He was the next. He was the next pick. Because yeah, well, I I'd which, like which to see the I new think looks, split up. Which I think looks phony as hell when yeah. you do that. You put the, the they're a three man triad essentially, and we're just supposed to believe that just by happenstance that the two tag the two of them got drafted and then the very next draft pick was him. Right. No, come well, on. I mean, there's so many things with this draft that don't make sense. Why did Dana Brooke be moved mm-hmm. to Raw last week when we had the draft this week? Why did Mandy Rose uh, be drafted a few weeks? I mean, not drafted, yeah. but moved a few moved. weeks ago when she didn't wrestle till last week. I agree. It just storyline wise, it's like man, WWE, no, you're put right. your shit in a pile. What there? There are so many holes in the the story yeah. that it, it it's t- it's tough to get into. Uh, Mike Gorman with the 499 Super Chat saying, props, Matt Morgan. I'm enjoying you taking the reins as more of a host on the podcast tonight. You're doing great. Uh, thanks, Mike. Thank you. I think I'm sucking, but thank you. Um, uh, I was going to say, um, up next. Yeah, you're doing great. Uh, thanks, brother. Next up, we have um, we go to the back. Uh, we go back out to the ring, and out comes Jay Uso. Real quick, what do you think of Jay Uso's hair before we move on? I don't like his haircut. I know that's a very odd thing to say. Kind of like a bowl cut, like the Jim Carrey Dumb and Dumber, but with gel. There's something about him <laughs> that makes him look like a kid. Even with the gray in the beard, yeah. I, I still feel like him as a kid out there with that kind of haircut. I don't know why. I don't have an answer for you. No, yeah. But I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> All right, real quick. The Jim, yeah. uh, the Jarvis show saying, Matt, are you doing the blue chew ad too? We got to do that next time. Yeah. And, uh, Nate Monroe with the $1.99 Super Chat saying, why split the new tag champs and a rising star? Mm-hmm. Which tag champs is he referring to? Yeah, which tag champs? Yeah, let us know what you mean. Cesaro, did Cesaro and Nakamura get split up? Oh. But they're not new. Street Profits aren't new, so... Yeah. Women's tag team got drafted together. Yeah, they got drafted together. <coughs> Um, all right, so so listen. Uh, anyways, we go back to the ring. Jey Uso uh, right. is so. Oh, so they did break the new day up. Big E stays. Woods and Kofi to Raw. What? No, no. Right. I saw the ticker at the bottom of the screen right before we started the show on SmackDown before they went off the air. And the ticker I could have. I'm almost positive said Xavier and Kofi SmackDown and oh, or Raw. Yeah, no, no, no. That is right. Raw picked up Kofi and Xavier. And, and Big E was next pick. To SmackDown who? is on SmackDown. I mean, Big E is on SmackDown. And okay. So, yeah, yeah. They did split good. up the my, my apologies. So, that was good then. I take that back. Because now, I was like, why? People why would can they tell I wasn't watching show? all of SmackDown. I was kind of in and out. But uh, No, but you got to watch the bottom of the ticker of the screen in order to remember any of this crap. Yeah. Uh, um, Dustin Eck is saying the big guy... Ryback is now a Twitch streamer. Yesterday he played COD. You guys should hop on the Twitch, train to play games like MK, COD, Fall Guys, Resident Evil, Tony Hawk, Red Dead, Among Us, etc. Huh. Rambo is now in Mortal Kombat, right? Or he's in one of those games, so. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. All right. Well. All right, we'll take it into consideration, Dustin. <laughs> All right, let me let me move on here. Um, we go back. We like I said, we go back to the ring. Jay Uso's out there. Uh, we basically see a recent happenings between Jay and WWE champ, uh, Universal Champion Roman Reigns. 
Uh, the announcers hype Uso versus Reigns at WWE Hell in a Cell, which will take place inside, obviously, a cell. All right, so th- we go to commercial break, and uh, um, Uso is waiting as his music continues to play. Cole sends us backstage to Kayla Braxton and Big E. A security guard walks over, but it's Kofi Kingston in disguise, but of course it is. Another guard comes over, and it's, it's Xavier Woods. The New Day is back together, baby, and better than before. Um, and they celebrate the reunion. Kofi Woods uh, points how something is missing, the World Tag Team titles. Uh, Woods says he's not, uh, one to, he's not trying to one-up Big E, but he and Kofi are back to capture the gold. They get Big E to do his signature intro for the group, and they continue their celebration to end the segment. We go back to poor Uso, who's just chilling, hanging out in the ring. Um, Uso finally takes the mic and asks his cousin what the stipulation for Hell in a Cell is going to be uh, that he teased before. Jay says he gets it. Reigns isn't going to come out here, if not on his own terms, right? So Uso goes on about Paul Heyman. Uh, goes on, but Paul Heyman appears on the big screen. He asks Jay to stop embarrassing himself and this whole and their whole family by trying to dictate the time and place of the next appearance of the WWE Universal Champion. Um, that it, it is at a time and leisure of the champion. Heyman has words for those who become too ambitious and shows us what happens when you try to come up. He sends us to a video package that shows Reigns dominating Uso at Clash of Champions. We come back to Heyman, who's, who now sees uh, Reigns sitting at a table with his title belt. Reigns recalls how his dad, Jay Uso's uncle, used to say, uh, believe nothing you hear and only half of what you see in this business. We all tell each other that, by the way. Um, he says, but what we just saw in the video, you can believe that, player. Um, the ground, the crowd. Real quick, real quick let's uh, take a quick pause to get some of these super chats. Uh, Mike Gorman Jesus with a four ninety nine super chat saying, "Do you all think moving SmackDown tag champs to Raw is hopefully going to end up in them unifying the tag belts from both brands?" Wishful thinking. I, that has been my hope for the last five years. If you're watching the show, now they're moving the street. Bianca Belair moved to SmackDown tonight. Uh, they they yeah. keep the couples together. Street Profits are definitely moving. Uh, Justin Lopez saying New Day won the SmackDown titles and they were drafted with the titles to Raw. So either Profits are going to SmackDown or they're unifying the titles. I think the, I think they're going the street. Guys, Profits try to stay with the super chats. Guys, try to stay in unison with where we're at in the show. I know it's taking a while to get through it, but try your best to do it because now I don't even want to read the rest of this because you just dipped off. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Because these disappear after a while, so I want to make sure. Yeah, I know that's why I'm telling them to please listen. And superstar Bobby Burns, your your old buddy, saying, uh, glad to see Dom on SmackDown. I remember when I did my first shooting star press on the crash pad. Dad said I was a six-foot-tall Rey Mysterio and made my year. Bobby, out. Uh, Six-foot-tall Rey Mysterio, that is high praise. It is. But this guy couldn't wrestle his wiener out of his pants, let alone actually wrestle in a wrestling (laughs) ring. So, again, you know, your role, know it, your mouth, shut it. All right. Let's move on here. Um, basically, um, um, where do we leave off? Basically, Roman, in my opinion, cut a really good promo here. Um, talking more mess about being called a tribal chief. Basically calls him out for an I quit match at Hell in the Cell. But he, the part I like best about this um, was his, at the very end of the promo, if you watch Roman's face, he was talking very slow, very methodically. 
And then he really turned it up, if you notice, without raising his pitch even, or yelling, or acting like all crazy. He just literally made the, most, the smallest subtlety. He, he was talking about, basically, he's going to kill him after the bells, after, I'm sorry, after he quits. After Jay says, I quit, then he's going to turn it up on him. And like, he made like this, he's like clenching his jaws as he was saying it. It was such a small subtlety, but I believed every word he said again. Roman is so good in this role. And Jay is as well. Like I felt scared for Jay. Like, yes, don't do it. (laughs) He's going to beat the piss out of you and you're going to quit. Yes. Dude, I don't want like, you to be beaten that badly. So, I mean, Roman is so great in this role. I think uh, while telling him he loves him, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out in life, man. Why can't you just? You know, it's so god darn relatable, and it, makes he makes such a jerk. He's such a good heel here, and and it's unlike any storyline I can recall. No, in, yes. in wrestling. Where yes, hundred percent. After he already killed the guy, he's still telling him he loves him. He still is telling him, "Don't take the match." Uh, I, I love the storyline, even though we know sometimes predictable is fine if the characters and the storyline are there and it's right. Yes, I think one hundred percent. He's crushing it. I'm sorry, he's the most intriguing act right now for me. Yeah, and I'll say all of wrestling right now. And Brett Murphy is coming, taking your advice. Great promo by Roman. See, I follow <laughs> the match, man. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. Um. Real quick, uh, let me bang this out really quick. Back from the break, uh, Stephanie is now on the stage. She announces uh, the New Day versus SmackDown Tag Champs, Cesaro and Nakamura for tonight, as you heard tipped off earlier by our favorite man, Justin Lopez. Um, she then announces that Raw will be selecting AJ Styles to come over from SmackDown. I'm loving that. SmackDown then selects Sasha Banks to stay. Again, it's not a selection. Raw then picks Naomi to come from SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown then selects Bianca Belair to come over from Raw. That's going to be big. The final pick of the second round sees Raw select WWE, cha- uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions uh, uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax to stay on the brand. Um, it would be hilarious if they just all just selected the people to stay on their brand. <laughs> Not one person was new. That would <laughs> no be one freaking funny. Everyone just selected everyone staying there. So let me ask. Go ahead. I was going to say, the dumbest thing in this draft, in my opinion, is that Retribution. Why would anyone draft Retribution when their whole goal is to bring the company down? Because it's phony, and it it kills it. It just... Remind me to bring this up at the end of the show when we get to Bray Wyatt's stuff. Sure. Brandon Hall, real quick, uh, saying, this is long overdue with Roman. They've been holding him back. He shows. He's killing it. He is the top guy in the business right now, in my opinion. AEW, WWE. You you cannot argue against this. I'm sorry. I know we got Roman haters out there, guys. You've got to give him his due. you got to give the WWE their due on this Mm -hmm. as well. This is a grand slam every time he's been on TV. I'm yet to see any holes in this. Yeah. Him and Jericho, always. Jericho's always a home run, for sure. But this is my favorite character right now, honestly. same. As far as most intriguing, um, you move on. Um, AJ Styles checks in with a video from home. Um, he said he should be, he feels offended that he wasn't the number one overall pick, but he's relieved. He doesn't deserve to be around cheats like Jeff Hardy and that neck beard. WWE Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn, huge pop for that. AJ goes on and says he's headed to Raw and that it's about to get phenomenal. Real quick, that wasn't a Twitch video he did, right? With that, yeah, yeah, was it okay. 
Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure. Um, up, so I'm excited for that for AJ. It'll be good. He'll be a great addition to Raw. Um, Jeff Hardy, up next is Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle versus John Morrison and The Miz. Uh, this was a really good match, actually. Um, basically, um, they're, they, they, they go on in the beginning. They, the baby faces uh, go uh, through their shine of the match, if you will. Um, and then eventually uh, the heels take over. But when they go to commercial break, and when they come back for commercial break, um, Hardy gets double teamed. Morrison controls Hardy now. Morrison blocks a twist of fate, but they both go down as the fans rally in a double down, as it were. Uh, Riddle and Miz get the tag and unload on each other. Riddle gets the upper hand and hits some of his signature stuff. Riddle with a Broton and a German suplex, but Morrison breaks it up. Hardy with a twist of fate to stop Morrison. Miz sends Hardy to the floor. Riddle gets gets uh, sorry. Riddle hits a big knee to Miz. Riddle follows it up with the bro Derek to Miz. That's a funny name for the fairly quick win in the middle of the ring. I mean, it wasn't that. I mean, yeah, it was quick, but it wasn't that quick. They did have a commercial break in there. Uh, winners are Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy. What do you think? Uh, so clearly, I think this was meant to send a little message that. Uh, Matt Riddle's okay. There was that uh, $10 million, I mean, $40 million lawsuit, uh, $10 million each against WWE, Matt Riddle, Evolve, and Gabe Sapolsky that was filed by, that was filed yesterday. Um, and For a So, uh, here, let me, uh, I don't want to m- miss any of the facts, but. Uh, want to just come back to it after the show? Let's just come back to it after we're done. Okay, but yeah, yeah, they were they were all the the lawsuit was filed yesterday. WWE sent us a statement that they hadn't received, uh, and this was yesterday that they hadn't received, they hadn't been served yet. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about it after after right. we run through SmackDown. Yeah, all right, my bad. Um, after the match, this was this is the best, my opinion, the best part. After the match, the music is interrupted, and out comes Lars Sullivan making this big triumphant return. Sullivan hits the ring and absolutely destroys Riddle and then Hardy. Lars continues to deliver big power moves to both superstars. I thought they were very generic, but nonetheless, he got over. Morrison tries to pull Miz to safety, but Lars grabs him and unloads uh, with big forearms. Lars goes on and drops Miz with his freak accident. Uh, the music starts back up, and Lars stands tall, yelling out at the not-live crowd. We go to replays, back to commercial as... Lars is still in the ring standing tall. Um, what do you think? That was pretty cool uh, reintroduction to him. I, I think Basic. You know, they're, they're plugging Lars right back into where he was last year. And, you know, this this kind of like a Brock Lesnar-esque heel. And, uh, they must believe know, in him because they let him be gone for as long as he's been gone. Yeah, and not making strange. money on him. Yeah, there, he's been gone for over a year. He got injured in, I believe it was April last year. It might have been May. Uh, I'm yeah, it was April. but... Um, it's... It, it, when he attacked the Hardys. Uh, and, he, yeah, he's coming back. I always thought in NXT that Lars is one of those guys I could see headlining a pay-per-view. That he's got the look, he's got the size, he's different. Uh, more than a Johnny Gargano. There's no way I see Johnny Gargano headlining a WWE pay-per-view, even though he can work and whatever. Well, yeah, two but, different extremes, but yeah. But yeah, but as far as who is going to headline, you know, when people talk about who should make it on the main roster, 
and you know who Vince likes. Lars is that guy. For sure. Uh, he, did, he did have some stuff come up and come out uh, during that time, but, man, he's he's – He's got the he's got the superstar. Yeah, we get it. That's and he's different. I think sees. I think everybody sees that. What I was saying though, it's very rare. I don't care who you are, even Brock for that matter, for them to give you an entire year not to make money off of you unless you've already proven yourself. Right. All right. Which he's not. He did not do. It says a lot about what his potential must be. For them yeah. to do that, uh, I mean, good lord! I thought he was gone. I really did. I thought he's been gone. But a lot uh, of people saw that. It wasn't like they're making him. him start from the bottom now and and work his way up. They're putting him back to where he was. Well, because you can't, like Jim Ross, you say this about me. You can't book me as a mid card or lower card act because of my size. It doesn't look right. the The aesthetic presentation of my character it it looks weird. Um, if I'm sitting there, you know, losing to Shofunaki or something like that. Yeah, schoolboy or roll up here or there, that's fine. But being booked consistently that way, like he literally told me that once. You know, it was right when I was being released by WWE. And I had a private conversation with him after I was released. And uh, you know, I never thought about it from that angle. He's the same way. Uh, you can't book him at the beginning of the card. You can right now because he's new and you're going to crescendo and build him to be this monster. That like Brock was at one point too when he got started, but we know where they're going. He'll be a headline act, right? I mean, it goes to, and it's not just wrestling. Thanos is not a small guy, right? Like when right. when you have the the non diabolical villains, you know, the Joker can be a smaller guy because right. he's more uh, methodical. But when yes, you're doing the maniacal, physical yeah. villain, they they're always bigger guys. They're always the guys that look like they could beat the the, the hero's ass, and. uh that's just how it's always been. Uh, don't tread on me saying, I just wish we could go back to the days when they had good storylines like The Undertaker and Kane, The Brood. I don't know about The Brood, you name it. The Attitude Era was so great. I love The Brood's entrance. I don't think they were ever in a great storyline. Yeah, you know, he yeah. may be a uh, fanger. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Berry saying, I can see Reigns killing off Jay's character for a while after Hell in the Cell. Hmm, that could happen. That very well could happen. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. Keep Jay off TV until the Usos can return together. I am at least one pop. He means pop culture reference. Maybe He-Man, something. <laughs> <laughs> I get what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, he's missing Glenn. Uh, Nightmare Knee saying, I'm so happy Lars is back. Big fan. And Don't Tread on Me is saying, Roman and Jay Uso storyline is about the best thing going on SmackDown. I'd say it's one of the best things going on in all of wrestling. wrestling. In wrestling, yeah, yeah, uh, no, no doubt. Um, all right, picking in, this in back. AEW, real quick, I, I yeah, asked people in the chat, what is better than the Roman J storyline in AEW? Which I'm, you know, I, I'm a big fan Dude, of their show, but stop trolling them, Raj. You know you're trolling them. Except for Jericho and MJF, that's been pretty great. <laughs> you're trolling them, like because why do we? Why do we, seriously? Why do we always have to compare them? Like, well, I it wish, was just in all of wrestling, you know. Because there's nothing in WWE that's close to Roman and Jay. So the only thing close is AEW. So Yes, yes. But I'm just saying in general, fans just be happy. we got a really great storyline with super, super amounts of meat on the bones to it. Um, and it's original as hell. Um, I've never, like you said, we've never seen anything like this so far. It's been amazing. And Roman, most importantly, has been killing it every time he gets a chance to talk. Yeah. Uh, His performance. <laughs> 
Carol Nagia serves her wings. If Glenn was here, we would still be on the first match. <laughs> yeah, yes. We're almost done with the show. <laughs> no, we're not. But we are But we are back from break. And Stephanie's on the stage for more draft picks, folks. She says, Lars Sullivan will be added to Monday's draft pool. Ooh, the draft pool. So we just don't know if that means he'll be drafted or not to that show. But I'm sure he will. Anyways, she announces that Ricochet, wait for it, staying on Raw. Ooh, <laughs> we're so excited, Stephanie. SmackDown picks, wait for it. Jey Uso to stay on the brand. Yay. I was so worried. Could you uh, imagine if the NFL draft, half the draft pick is like, did Dak Prescott is staying with the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bro, like, it gets so much better, dude. These Smackdown, writers have never watched a draft. <laughs> no, they haven't. But listen to me. SmackDown picks Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Ah, okay, shit, so that's so. that's different, right? No, but, but Seth is on there too. And I'm guessing Murphy. Oh my, it's just moving shows. Ah! Ah! I was worried. About, I didn't like that part. All right, I missed so that part. I do like this, though. I like this part a lot. Raw then picks Miz and Morrison. I think if they go and start doing their uh, dirt sheet again, that could be a great addition to that boring-ass long three-hour show. Um, My two cents, though. Really quick. We get a segment with the Mysterios backstage celebrating how they're staying together. Um, So it sounds like Seth Rollins isn't free of them just yet. Do we have another super chat? Real quick, why are they celebrating that they're staying together? They were a duo. They couldn't have been split together in well, the draft. Well, sure, they're, they're father and son. They're not a tag team. No, they, they, in the draft, do you consider them that? Yeah, in the draft list, they were considered a tag team. Like they were, oh, they were together. Were they? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, then that's lame. I don't know. Granted, Maybe this is all fly by the seat of their pants. But what are you gonna do, Tina? Tina Miller. <laughs> it's not the fan that Kenny Omega's acting. Uh, it's a $2 I, I mean, paying money to to call out Kenny Omega's acting uh, at the two dollars super. Thank chat. you, I, Tina Miller. I appreciate it. I agree with you. Um, uh, Nightmare Knee with the five dollars super chat saying, "I'm loving Roman and Jay right now. I'm excited to see how all the pieces yes. come together." Yes, sir. Yeah. Dude, this this can go so many great directions, and just it could take such a, a large amount of time to get through. Which that's exciting. Dude, to they, me. If they were able to get The Rock, because he is related, and and you, They're you going have Roman there. go through Jay again, then both of the Usos, and then when he's standing tall at the Royal Rumble, saying, "You know, all yep. family members must call me the Tribal Chief or whatever," like He Man, yes. and the Castle, or, have all the ones have Kishi come, have all them come, and they've all got to give him praise. And then The Rock's music hits. Yeah, that'd but be dope. I don't think it's going to happen because I there's do, just too I much do. money. I do think in the end, in the end game here, it will be Roman versus Rock, though. I do. I just think there's so much money in the Rock's movies that the of movie course there is. The movie it, insurance costs so much that that's why it, he hasn't wrestled again since uh, it his definitely. Night it definitely does. But again, the Rock is different than normal Hollywood actors. He gets to call his own shots. He gets to write his own story, literally, right? So because of that, I I could be wrong. I don't. I still go back to when he raised Roman Reigns, uh, Roman Reigns, his blood relatives' hand in Philly, I believe it was, and he got booed out of the building for it. We could tell Rock didn't like it, and probably felt not that he should be responsible for that. He just didn't know that Roman was being booed. You, you could use that storyline, yeah. You know, but 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 like I could see him in real life 
that was saying, this is my blood, this is my family, because they were on the same set together. If you don't think that they lifted together and bonded together again and stuff like that, you're nuts. I guarantee you they did. And there's more emotional investment for this, for Rock to want to do this, in my opinion, for wanting to help out, you know, Roman. I really do. I do think that's, it, realistically, of any <clears throat> match you can make, if you could bring Rock back for any match, that's the biggest. So. It'd be amazing. Go ahead. Sorry, who are next? Uh, Jackson Collins, uh, our good friend of the, the show, saying, Matt, you're my boy. You're doing great for real. But now you know why the train derails, LOL. Sure. Yeah, because Roz keeps cutting me off from letting me finish these damn matches. So collect <laughs> all of your money. We got to address it. We got to address the fans. No, yes, we do, of course. My apologies. We're not Michael really. the Virus is claiming we're stealing his Rock Reigns match story. I think a lot of people have had that story in line. Michael. Come on, brother. There's no offense. We're, you're not, you're not uh, coming up with the original NWO storyline here that nobody sees coming. This right. is like our Hulk Hogan turning heel. This is his relative. Come it's on. Like, WWE it, stole my storyline of Roman beating Jay in the Hell in a Cell. <laughs> but Mike, I see Mike all the time on Twitter. He's a good fan but of the show. He's a good dude. He's just jealous that I'm a better Uno player than him, but we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Hey, let me move on here really quick. Uh, SmackDown women's title match. Sasha Banks versus Bailey. This was cool. Um, real quick, the bell rings, and here we go. Uh, Banks unloads on Bailey in the corner and just beating her down. A great intensity here by Banks, by the way. Um, uh, Bailey catches Banks for a side slam later on in the match, but she turns that into a two count. She kicks out. Bailey clotheslines Banks to shut her back down. Uh, Bailey whips Banks to the corner, but she counters and ends up on Bailey's shoulders. B- uh, Banks turns that into a takedown for a quick pin attempt. Banks with another spank statement that was badass. Bailey gets her foot on the bottom of the rope though to break the hold. Bailey rolls to the floor for a breather, but Banks stays on her. Bailey rocks Banks with a huge forearm. Bailey suddenly grabs a steel chair and hits Banks with it for the disqualification. So. Sasha Banks is your winner by DQ, but Bailey is still your uh, women's champion. Um, listen, after the match, Banks is still pissed off. She ends up sending Bailey uh, um, face first into the chair in the corner. Banks folds the chair up and smacks Bailey across the back several times now. Um, Banks goes to use the chair to break Bailey's neck, but she comes off the top and Bailey moves out of the way. Um, retreating to the floor as officials rush over to break him all up and check on her. Banks looks on from the apron as Bailey clutches her title on the floor. They basically yell at each other. That's a very important part, Mark Middleton. Thanks for writing that part. Um, so basically, this was a really good match, but I was not in fear that Bailey was going to be losing the title tonight. I hated this for a lot of reasons. I- Granted, Do you think because they because they gave it away right yes. on free TV? It's, it's the biggest women's match. match that they've had in forever. It's a, it's yeah. a possible WrestleMania match with the right it could build, have been. It could be could have been. Yeah, like should have been. If, if if they're like Roman versus The Rock, it's taking place on Raw next week, and then you know, even though it's building to another match, yeah, it just shows what WWE thinks of Bailey and Sasha. I think they don't see it as that big of a match, even though it's had a. A great build. They've done the best job of all the women on the, on both rosters. No question. No question. This should be a special match that's not just on a random episode. And granted, they want a big rating tonight, but it's bigger than that. 
It should not be wasted here. I don't think they should do it at Hell in a Cell. I think the first match should be at WrestleMania. So okay. already we're past that. I know they're going to do a rematch at Hell in a Cell. I no, just think right. this match is bigger than that. It absolutely is. Um, we see recent happens between Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens on uh, some uh, video footage. Now, Owens is backstage preparing for tonight's match, and Alexa Bliss walks up to him all spookily and says, let him in. And uh, they go right back to commercial again. That's a good cliffhanger, I thought. Um, up next is our, Smack, is our SmackDown Tag Team title match, the New Day versus Cesaro and Nakamura. Uh, real quick, we talked about this earlier on, so I don't want to put you guys through it again. But um, a real quick uh, um, ending of this match was Kofi nails Trouble in Paradise to Cesaro. Nakamura drops Kofi for a close two count. Kofi counters a reverse exploder. Woods tags in as Kofi drops Nakamura with uh, another Trouble in Paradise. Woods goes to the top and hits the big flying elbow on Nakamura for the pin and the win. And your brand new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the New Day, folks. The New Day. After the match, Kofi and Woods uh, uh, stand tall with the titles. As fans cheer them. Big E runs down with them to celebrate. I did not like that part. Um, before we talk about it really quick, we go to Stephanie, who's on stage for more draft picks. And the reason I want to say that is because Raw selects, guess who, guys? The new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, to come from the blue brand over to Monday Night Raw. The New Day points to how Big E was not included. Stephanie then announces that Big E has been picked by SmackDown. Uh, the New Day is bummed out in the ring. Raw selects Dana Brooke to stay on the roster. SmackDown then selects Otis to stay on the brand. Raw picks um, Angel Garza to stay on the brand. So a lot to real quick unpack right there with New Day. We talked about it earlier. Obviously, this is what needs to be done. It's officially. We saw the reactions of them having to split up now. Um, I am more than okay with this. Big E is a headline act, in my opinion, and this will help them get there. Get them that way from me. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it, it's about time. And this was a good way to do it if you're not going to have him turning on mm-hmm. them or, or them turning on him. I still wish that happened, but yeah. I think so. I think Big E, I think he'd be a great, heel. a great heel run and then turn babyface and be that much bigger. We I, see that's always worked. In I the think past. because of Roman being the heel on SmackDown and being the headline act as a heel, uh, maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. But you could have turned him heel and put him on Raw. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? But uh, but still, I mean, it, it it was it was good. Again, all these picks where they're staying. Um, Dana Brooke, time. why the fuck didn't they just wait a week to have her move as opposed to doing it last week with no storyline, no reason? She's no, just no. I get, match. I make I I agree. I understand. I, I just don't. Do you have any the, super chats? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Zach Paxton. Uh, Zach Paxton with the four ninety nine super chat saying. Rollins on SmackDown as a face versus heel Roman for a pair of matches. Would that work for Rollins with this heel Roman? Wait, what's wrong with that? I wouldn't mind that. I think be good. I just think the fans. He's got to drop know, the Messiah stuff. As long as we're talking, he's no more Messiah crap. I'd be flat because his, his his moves are babyface. He has a baby fa- babyface move set. Oh, I think it, if he turned babyface, yes, absolutely. I think him and his, as a heel. I can't remember the last time WWE did a good top rate heel versus heel. Uh, program where no, uh, no, no I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. So you would have to turn Seth babyface. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Marchetuli saying, "How about booking Cross to win the Royal Rumble?" Nikki Royal Cross? Rumble. No, no. I, I'm I'm hoping he does not. No, he's talking about Killer Cross. 
because then he says Bianca wins the women's Royal oh, Rumble okay. and faces Asuka. He misspelled cross. <laughs> With that, must, that's Nikki Cross. I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe that's what he means because he can't have two winners from the women's right. Royal Rumble, right? Okay, yeah. I'm Bianca hoping. winning the women's Royal Rumble faces Asuka. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. Um, but you know, okay, Nick, yeah, Killer Cross winning the Royal Rumble. Okay, I think it's too soon for him. I think he still needs a, a little seasoning, but to to be in the main event of a WrestleMania. But I think he can get there. Uh, Nate Erickson yeah. saying Retribution go undrafted and show up where they want is more realistic. That and add the Ali Hacker layer and the intrigue, and may outweigh the corny. Yeah, I yes. Of course it does. They should not be getting drafted, right? They're well, already roughing. they're specific to Raw, which is already dumb to begin with, right? It is. Like, it is. If they're Renegades, but, they should show up anywhere. They should be on NXT. They should be on SmackDown. Saying. But they're Raw-owned Renegades, and they got signed to contracts. I anyway. hate that so much. I hate that part. I do. It's, it's just the worst storytelling. Um, you have any more? Ah, uh, that's it for now. All right. Um. So, like I said, your new SmackDown champs are, are uh, obviously New Day. Um, give me one second here. All right. We get a, a backstage segment with Heavy Machinery. I was so excited, you guys. I was so captivated. All right. Just so captivated here. As Otis mentions how he was drafted and Tucker wasn't. But Tucker wants to focus on the Miz and Morrison for now. A woman comes in and serves Otis with a paper that says the lawyer for Miz and Morrison has filed a, for a continuance. Uh, to the courtroom segment that was planned for tonight. Tucker and Otis are not happy. We go backstage, Sasha, uh, to Sasha Banks. She cuts a really good promo, ripping on Bailey and challenges her to a uh, Hell in a Cell match at, you guessed it, WWE's Hell in a Cell. <laughs> Banks says she will break Bailey. She used to love and used to be friends with Bailey, but at Hell in a Cell, she will take the only thing Bailey loves, that SmackDown women's title. I like this promo. I thought this was fire, actually. Sasha's one of the best. She, I felt what she what she was saying tonight. That was good. Um, real quick, The Fiend versus Kevin Owens. Now, we go back to the ring for tonight's main event, and out first comes uh, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Now, this is The, uh, the Fiend's uh, first Friday night match. Um, and I'll just be honest, I did not like him coming out first, number one. I did not like that they went... To, they did like an in-commercial break, if you were, uh, if you will, where they showed like the entire arena while his music was playing. Scary moves they were supposed to be scared by, keep in mind. And we're supposed to be terrified of this guy. And he's just hanging out in the corner of the ring waiting for his opponent while they do their stupid advertisements, shooting that out shot, if you will, of the entire arena where it shows all the fans and their you know screens and stuff. And I thought that's not who you do that with. You do that with every other wrestler. You don't do it. With someone like him, who's supposed to have like myth, these mystical powers and whatnot, he's supposed to be a huge deal. And you chumped him, in my opinion, by doing this, by making him feel like any other wrestler, Raj. It did. It made, me, made him feel like any other wrestler to me. Um, but anyways, so they actually, they go back, they, they come back from commercial break. And this is the part I'm talking about. If fans want to go back and watch it. They did another couple plugs here. I thought it was lame. While he's sitting there like a douche, waiting uh, for for his opponent to come out, dude. That that this doesn't make sense. He ain't waiting for people, you know. He should be coming out second. He's the bigger star. No offense to Kevin Owens, but um, anyways, 
they, they definitely made another plug in there about Braun Strowman versus Universal Champion Roman Reigns uh, on the season premiere of SmackDown this upcoming Friday. Again, don't be doing this during his matches, but whatever. Um, look, this was this started out awesome, I thought, with Kevin Owens immediately attacking him, hitting his running senton in the corner, and Fiend just completely just no-sells all of it and does that Austin-esque gimmick where he pulls himself up by the ropes and just, just like, eh, eh, and just whipped his living butt the entire match. This was a really good uh, uh, showcase match for The Fiend, obviously. Um, but listen, it ends with uh, Fiend ducking a shot uh, from Owens and, and slams Owens on the announce table with his Uranagi. Fiend then plants Owens face first into the table with Sister Abigail. That was awesome. The referee counts. And Fiend laughs as we go back to commercial again. So, guys, right there, that's what I'm talking about. I, 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 I mean, I don't like, like, come on, Matt, we got to go to commercial breaks. It's the main event. You know, you want to have a, a cliffhanger to send people out on commercial break to come back to the show on. I get all that. I just think when you're booking the Fiend, you've got to be a thousand times more careful with how you book him. So, I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. It's what WWE is doing. So anyways, they do um, come back from break. Um, and uh, um, again, it's just a fiend goes for the mandible claw, but Kevin Owens resists. Owens delivers a stunner, but the claw was still in his mouth. This was so good. Uh, fiend slams Owens with another Yurnagi while the mandible was still applied. That was dope. Fiend holds Owens down with the claw for the pin and the win. Your winner, the fiend. Now, real quick, Raj, after this match, the music hits. All the red lights are now covering the arena again as the Fiend stands tall. Now the, the everything just gets completely black, right? The red lights come back up, and the Fiend is standing on the stage now, staring face-to-face with Miss Alexa Bliss. The menacing sounds fill the arena, and they both just looked to the ring at Kevin Owens at the same time, slowly and methodically, um, as Kevin Owens just looks absolutely just battered and bliss and turned back uh sorry fiend and bliss turned back to each other slowly staring at each other and continue their stare down the fiend then growls as his image flashes over the screen and they go out now i thought they should have ended the show right there that should have been their fade to black but of course not because wwe's got to get another plug in with Corey and cole having a hype next week smackdown uh uh, uh season two premiere as this episode is finally wrapped up. Again, I would not have done that. There's a serious moment. I think I was feeling it. I like that stuff with Alexa. I know you don't. I do, though. <laughs> I think the Alexa stuff, I think. And, and I think Alexa is great as a heel. Like, she has done some great stuff in the past. But the stuff with The Fiend just feels like high school drama uh, drama class. Like, the acting, I just think, is so bad. I, yeah. I, I, I just find it corny. I can't get into it. Because I find it don't too you hilarious like those- how bad it is. Don't you like those horror movies and stuff where, like, the, these people's minds and bodies get taken over like this now? Right, no? like uh, Cabin Fever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this isn't supposed to be that. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I You know, ugh, I, this is I, I one like, storyline. This, he, this has he, been the worst thing on SmackDown. Other than Cesaro really? and Nakamura facing the Lucha House Party every week and they're destroying them every week. That by keep doing far is the worst, by that the way. the worst. Um, but go ahead. You have a super chat. I'm guessing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, actually, I'll get to these no? in just a second. Okay. What, what did you think of the match? 
No, no, the, 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 the storyline with Wyatt and Alexa. Uh, why, okay, why I like it is because I like when they go back and they play details of the, the characters' past layers or even current layers to their personas that they have, right? Sister Abigail is a big part of this guy's past. His kids, uh, his, his Bray Wyatt characters passed. And um, I dig this because of that. I mean, I could see why you see you don't like it because Alexa, because he's not saying because Alexa sucks. He's saying it because Alexa's too big of a star who has her own shit, her own gimmick. And as a heel, she is fire. As a heel, just left to her own devices, not in some stupid tag team with Nikki Cross, but by herself. She's an amazing women's multi-time champion. But... I do like it, though, because I do think she can pull this off, and I'm praying she pulls this off, because I think this is a needed layer for this next part of his chapter, of his story he's telling us. I just think the acting has to be right for things like this. Like, could you it, it does, it does, you, you, you're right. You watch The Boys, right? But she's not saying anything. She's just staring at him. I mean, like, so, by the way, I'll get back to you. The Boys actually is downloaded as we speak. I asked my wife to make sure when I come back in after this, we start to watch it. Okay. I, I, here, here's my thing. Imagine the Miz cast as Homelander, watch the boys, and then you know what I mean. Like the casting means a lot. It does. Alexa Bliss to me doesn't fit this part. I think she's great as a, she was great as a heel when she was the bully in the Nia Jax right. feud. She was awesome in that. It she fit was. her personality. With this, I just find it too corny. But she's not talking really too much. She's just. But so, just the what, googly what's eyes for? and everything. I'm not. Are you buying it? Are you like? I think it, it's are you because I want your disbelief to. enough to be like, oh, oh my god, maybe she is falling for Bray. And so maybe it's, so maybe it's the inner mark in me because sometimes when I want something to work, I give it, I give it, you know, an unfair grade that if I didn't like it, I would tear it apart. Yeah. Like I'll, Kenny Omega. No offense, I like Kenny Omega, but I'm always saying how terrible his acting is. Oh, it's terrible, and it's hard to watch. I mean, but like so Roman, like, Roman and Jay, we know they're close as hell in right. real life. But you, in that storyline, you're really sus- you're able to sus- suspend your disbelief because they're doing such a good job. Because you really yeah. buy it. You know what I mean? And so, and so she's not talking though. So she's not lost me because of it. If she starts talking all crazy, and it, it, it doesn't look realistic, and I don't feel it. I'll, I'll promise. I'll, I'll call it out. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. I want to see this next layer of his character. I really do because do we know if he came up with this or WWE did? Do we know? He came up with it, yeah. Then so that's he, he, another he was, reason. We've got to give it a chance. And they've been know. slowly not killing it. He's still one of the top acts, but where he was a year ago when he wrestled yes. the Fiend at SummerSlam, watching that Bro. entrance, no red tint when he wrestled. Dude. It was so badass. Okay. So they screwed the pooch. If you'll remember, go back in time and watch this podcast, folks, and watch this show. I said it. He did not need a championship title. Do not put the championship on this guy. He doesn't need it. And they did. And then they opened up Pandora's box that I predicted would happen. And that is the fact that he's going to eventually have to lose it. And then they're going to start booking him to care about a title. And my argument was he would never care about a title. He would never care about a championship. He's a monster. Right. He's not there for that. He's there to do other monstery types of things. <laughs> he's, he's not he's there. Just kidnapping and killing and Yeah, he's not coming back through the curtain giving people fist bumps and saying, Top that. Like he's right. not going there to talk about work rate and championships. Yeah. He's Top already that eat- match. Yeah, right. He's there to eat he's like to eat people's heads off their right. necks. Like he's a monster. I want to see yeah. him be a monster. I don't yeah. know. But we, we'll see. 
we got a couple more super chats here. Uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins saying, Raj, is there any truth to the rumor that Retribution Slapjack is the son of <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and has a brother named Slapnuts? That's just ridiculous. They're cousins. We know that. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I missed it. Nightmare Knee saying, do you think Lars will be set up for Roman? Huh. I mean, we that, that's uh, the case enough. for any top heel, right? He, uh, eventually, they're going to lose to the top babyface. Yes, usually. But also, he's in the Raw draft pool, whatever that means. They can be drafted to Raw, maybe? Is that what that means? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready for this? No. Don't read it, if you... <laughs> it's, a, it's a super chat. I got to read it. No, you don't. <laughs> this has been great. Morgan Hostin. Oh, this guy. Why do you put this dork over? Seriously. <laughs> This guy is a tool. Get him off. All right. Uh, Eternal Coat. Him and Seth lose it to Goldberg. Matt is 100. So there you go. Uh, he, this guy, not a door. No, I'm just joking. I'm just completely <laughs> messing with Bobby, whatever his last. What's Bobby's last name again? Uh, Bobby Burns. I'm just messing with you, Bobby Burns. I do not think you're a dork. Maybe <laughs> uh, we got another super chat here. Uh, happy birthday. To the late Eddie, great Eddie Guerrero. Uh, today would have been his, I believe, his 53rd birthday, if I'm not mistaken. Imagine just how much more legendary his career would have yes. been had he still been with us. Matt, got any good and Eddie stories? Really quick, absolutely. Um, I was still addicted to my painkillers as a functioning addict at the time. And only like a couple of the guys on that roster would know it because I would ask them for, pill, for pills if I ever ran out. And I, Eddie... I remember um, on a car ride, one one loop is my first time riding in a car with him. He was all about. He he asked me. I don't want to get all biblical here and everything, but he he. I grew up personally. It's my own personal beliefs, believing in Christ. As I got older and got to college, I kind of stepped away from that, and it felt like I was patronizing the guy by going to church and not paying attention and things like that. Long story short, I kind of distant. I, I kind of went away from the Lord a little bit. And through college years and then through my early years with wrestling even. And Eddie was the one of the ones that got me back on track with that. And uh, on just one car ride, uh, going through the Bible together. And because he's Eddie Guerrero, I'm not going to tell him, man, dude, I don't want to talk about that stuff. Go away or something like that. It's Eddie Guerrero. So out of respect, I was just listening to him. And then it was one of the most influential car rides I've ever had. Because that was the beginning of me letting Christ back into my life. It would have turned out helped save my life because then a few steps later I put myself through rehab, and I put a lot of that on my own, uh, my own religion. Not trying to be, you know, pushing this on anybody else. Just my own personal opinion. It helped me a lot in my own recovery with my own addiction, and that was the first part of that process of bringing Christ back into my life. Was that car ride with Eddie? Uh, Neo Akira with the $5 super chat saying fiend and bliss still a better love story than twilight best wrestling love story. What do you think? I think it's gotta be a macho man and Liz, right? Oh, by far. Nothing close. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uncle Elmer and what was her name? <laughs> Aunt, Aunt was Jenny or something. Oh well, yeah. I forget. I remember. <laughs> uh, Nate Erickson, uh, saying two questions for you both. Your favorite, uh, mid nineties WWF worker gimmick. And your favorite favorite gimmick of all time? What do you mean by worker gimmick? Do you say like I have to pick like a construction guy, or do you mean maybe by just worker? worker? Maybe right. just your all favorite right. mid nineties. Sure. 
I, I'll be honest, mid nineties, I was, I couldn't even tell you if somebody was a good worker. Cause I was still looking for the cartoonish wrestler still and being excited by their characters, admittedly. So even though the times were changing. So we answer both in mid nineties, who is the best wrestler and who is the best gimmick? Okay. So undertaker for gimmick. There's yeah. come on. It's undertaker yeah. worker though. I recall thinking I've got to put is Dean Mal- with Dean Malenko or, or even we're talking worker and work rate specifically here. Uh, so, yeah. Eddie um, was Eddie with WCW in 95 was it might have been 96 but it's close it's close enough he was in ecw i would put one of them in there a malenko a guerrero a jericho even who was also entertaining on top of it at the time with wcw um god benoit um all of them actually that ones end up leaving going to wwe the whole group that was stable right sans perry saturn yeah i agree with you undertaker i'd say brett for worker just because Brett to me always seemed believable. Like the matches looked real. He did. Dean and everyone else, it just seemed choreographed to an extent. Like they're they practiced these spots where Brett didn't have that that they were, it didn't have that practice feel. You know what so, I mean? Go back. I know fans will give him a lot of opportunity. I wish they would watch more Dean Malenko stuff though. He does a, he does such amazing chain wrestling and mat wrestling and reversing out of things. Versus the high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot stuff that we see a lot of the others do, but yeah. Oh, and and by no means do I not. I'm, am I not saying that Demon Link was great? I'm just saying why I was such a Bret Hart fan as oh, yeah. far as that went. Uh, Stephen Marchichuli saying Matt one match with Prime Austin or Prime Goldberg. <sighs> Goldberg will kill you. I mean <laughs> that. Hmm. A guy your size, if he's getting you up in the jackhammer, that's an ugly scene. You do know it's not real, right? No, but him slipping and and accidentally dropping you on your head. I'm I'm not saying he'd kill you in real life. I'm saying, no, I'm saying he'd kill you in real life, not in a storyline. And now you're making me scared. um, No, I think Austin. (laughs) Austin for the abilities, okay, just for the opportunities for the promos on top of it and the build up to the storyline, I'm sure would be great because he's in it. Right, that'd be awesome. Um, but Goldberg—that's another one of my favorite wrestlers too at the time too. So I don't know, Austin. Austin Goldberg, man, that was the one match. They they they, they missed each other by a month. Austin's last match was at that WrestleMania. A month later, Goldberg came into WWF after the Rock. Ugh. I uh, even, dream match. Now let me ask you this: Do you remember when he came in and wrestled and went and get in the ring and did a promo with Rock that night when he first got there to WWE? Oh yeah. Rock I, made him look like a geek. <laughs> he did. I still feel though it was a little late. Yeah. Like I still feel like we missed that. I don't know. It didn't feel like as it. I thought it would feel finally getting Goldberg to WWE and wrestling one of their top talents. Like I had in my head when WCW was still around and Goldberg and Nash and all of them were still on top of WCW and what these dream matches could be. Uh, Tim Mickle saying that's why he said Prime Raj. Okay, granted, yeah, Prime Goldberg would not have dropped you on your head. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Uh, we we mentioned the the lawsuit earlier. So What's this past week, Kenny Cartwright filed a lawsuit against Matt Riddle, WWE, and former uh, former Evolve owner Gabe Sapolsky and Evolve, ten million dollars apiece over uh, actual damages, damages from emotional distress, punitive damages, attorney's fees, and costs. Uh, 
same stuff as before. You could read the whole story at Wrestling Inc. Uh, that Did- Riddle uh, sexually assaulted her. And yeah, so they've each been served with a lawsuit. WWE has sent us a a statement last night saying they had not been served yet. Uh, So I don't know, as we're recording this, if they have, we will reach back out to WWE. But yeah, we will see. But clearly with how Matt Riddle got the win tonight, they are moving forward like they believe him. Yeah, and again, we, we yeah we're not we're not we have no clue for sure on what what their situation is with that because that's up to them to bring up publicly or not, um, as an organization or Matt or, or or the this this other party that you just said as well, but um damn that is a lot of money ten million of uh, four different people you said yeah forty million, so that's evolve Gabe. WWE, which, which WWE owns Evolve now. Yeah, Gabe, Evolve, Matt Riddle, and WWE. And Matt Riddle, okay. Okay. God, man, I'm so out of the damn flow here. I, like, I don't know any of these damn stories. I'm like, wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, you got to check out WrestlingInc.com. You'll, you'll I do. Cut up. You're, I know you're a busy man. <laughs> but what would you think of the show overall? Um, you know, the Roman stuff is great. I'm not a big fan of Alexa, but the draft stuff, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad. There's some moving parts they, that happened, right? They, yeah, they make the talents up because, you know, we saw Apollo Crews and Friends versus Bobby Lashley and Friends for the last four months, five months. Uh, Street Profits versus Garza and Andrade for the last six months. But now we're going to get fresh matchups for a couple of weeks and then it's going to be the same matchups for the next five months. So Yes, it will. There's going to be a brand new. Wait, where's Ricochet going to? He's staying on Raw. Yeah, Ricochet's staying on Raw, right? I, I thought they yeah, said that. Yeah, so thing. that's going to continue to happen. The Hurt Business will no, keep yeah. beating them up. That'll Apollo Crews, happen. they haven't decided yet. So maybe Apollo Crews moves. But uh, the problem is WWE, they don't know how to do a feud anymore without the guys just wrestling each other every week. As yes. opposed to, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts versus Rick Martell. You remember that? With the yep. arrogance and the, the eyes. And, yep. They never, they never wrestled each other on TV, but they they kept that storyline going. And, and as corny Didn't, as some of it might sound now, it's it, it led to a blindfold match. I'm pretty sure, right? Yes, that's it's anyone awesome. that fought, I mean, it's one of the more memorable. It was a shitty match, but everyone but remembers it because the it build was a great to it was really line. the build to it was really good. Yeah. It was. All right, Matt, I'll, I'll let you finish it off, man. You've, you've done a great job tonight. <clears throat> all right, real quick, folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all of our super chatters. Um, of those of you that just continue to not pay money and continue to chat nonetheless amongst each other, we appreciate all of you, seriously. You can always reach out to me on Twitter, Raj on Twitter, uh, uh, Glenn on Twitter, as well as Justin Labar. Um, you guys know our, our handles, obviously. It says it under our damn face, fat faces here. Um, but listen, more importantly, you guys are part of the show. You know, and I bust balls, especially like a Bobby Burns and something like that. It's because it's fun. When there's parts of this show that I feel are boring, my job is to turn up the heat and be heel Morgan because it's fun. Um, I enjoy it, and I know I get a lot of feedback from our fans that like it too. So uh, hopefully you take it all in fun. But, uh, again, we're going to be coming back here, Raj, I want to say Monday? Monday, yeah. Monday, Monday Night Raw will be myself. Raj definitely will not be there. Um, <laughs> no, I'll be there have, this Monday. Glenn is Glenn's a maybe. So uh, um, uh, we're hoping our very good friend Glenn heals up, right? Feels better, and uh, uh, will join us back here on Monday uh, for our wrestling 
uh, post-show podcast for Monday Night Raw. Till then, I'm Matt Morgan. This is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Raj Gary, and we say good night.